Well, good morning and welcome to Catalyst Christian Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Are you doing okay? All right, all right, very cool. Excellent. Um, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to welcome everybody uh, here in person and online. I know we have a lot of our, our folks online today who are feeling the touch of the Omicron. Let's hope that it is as, as uh, mild as they say it is. Um, and uh, I'm really glad everybody is here to join us in worship. We are starting off, this, year, this is our second Sunday. We started last Sunday with a year theme of God first. We, here at Catalyst, we do a year-long theme that's, that all the sermon series and all the sermons kind of tied to one concept. And this concept is God first. All right, so this is, this is the, uh, the first series of, of the year called The First, and this is the very first one of these so that God gets the first say in every decision. If, if, he's, if he's first, he gets the first say in every decision. And the main thing is that most people want to serve God, but only in an advisory capacity. Um, so um, <clears throat> I asked on my Facebook page this week, I asked two questions in a post. I said, uh, what is the worst purchase you've ever made? And did anyone try to persuade you not to make it, but you did it anyway? And uh, and my favorite, they they seem to center around timeshares and cars. Those were the, the, because everybody, you know, has made bad purchases and and, and everything, but timeshares and cars seem to be the the ongoing theme. My favorite was our friends, uh, the Queens from Alabama. They purchased a timeshare at Disney, and they couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't get out of it, and it was a massive money pit. And I, I asked um, them if, if anyone tried to talk them out of making this purchase, and he goes, it's worse than that. He said, we told each other we shouldn't get it, but we got it anyway. So here were two people trying to convince the other not to do it, and they did it anyway. And I said, well, I said, I said Queen, that is a new low. And he goes, nobody outdoes us. So... But it is amazing how many of us, if we went back through our past, we have all made dumb decisions. Uh, The one that I've freely confessed here uh, is the car purchase that I made, worst worst car purchase. I didn't listen to multiple people telling me not to buy it, especially my wife. Guys, bad call. All right. It was a 1987 Mercedes sedan with 181,000 miles on it. It was a dud. It was a lemon. I knew it. Everyone knew it. it but I wanted it anyway. So uh, oh, I didn't listen to my wife. Didn't listen to anyone else. And it was a disaster. I tried to do things my way. Didn't go well. I didn't listen. I, did, I just joined the long, distinguished, sad line of human beings who had tried to do things their own way and wind up destroying and making a mess out of everything. Is there a long, sad line of people in here that could join me who tried to do things their own way and made a complete mess of things? Absolutely, yes. The Bible seems to be a collection of people who have done that, who tried to do things their own way, determined at any cost to do their own thing and sometimes making disaster out of it. Have they given God the first say in these decisions? Things would have worked out far differently, much better, saved a lot of pain and time and cost. And someone that once asked me to define God, what's the definition of God? And I said this, I said the definition of God is the being above which no other being exists. Can we agree on that? That God, if there's someone above God, then this is not God, this is God, okay? The being above which no higher being exists all right, so he only, there's only one God, and he only has one place, that is first. And, uh, and, and so there's only one God, and he is first. 
So if we are to put God first, God gets the first say at every decision. He gets the first day of the week. He gets the first part of our morning. He gets the first tenth of our income. He gets the best care of his creation. We're going to be talking about that in this series. And I'm going to take you to the story of a young man who uh, tried to do things his own way. Very popular story, prodigal, story of the prodigal son found in Luke 15, 11 through 20. And I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to summarize it for you. Man has two sons. Younger son says, give me the share of the inheritance. Pops gives him his inheritance, takes off for a distant country, blows all the money in uh, wild living. Then he hits rock bottom, winds up feeding pigs in a pig sty. Then he says, I, I, I'm going to go back and, uh, <clears throat> and go back to my dad because, man, just being a servant in his house will be better here. And there are things we learn about why about giving God the first say in every decision? So the first part is why don't we give? Why we don't give God the first say in every decision? We see these in the prodigal son. Number one is this: we are impatient, impatient. You know, um, God, God's just not moving fast enough. You all, you know, you know, I, I've, I've got goals and and I, and I know that that He is going to do this, but He's just not moving fast enough. So um, the prodigal son was working the farm, had a good deal. Farm was one day going to be his. Had a big inheritance coming. He had a good steady job. Plenty of food. He was the heir. He was the boss. One of them. But his father was healthy and wasn't dying anytime soon that the son could think of. And he wanted to be wealthy now. He didn't want to follow God's plan for his life. He wanted to be wealthy now. He wanted the party now. He deserved it now. Right? See, this is the reason the father hadn't given his inheritance yet. The father knew his son better than the son knew himself. In the same way, God knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows if I give you this stuff right now, you're going to do what the prodigal son did. What did the prodigal son do when he got money? Was he disciplined with it? Did he invest? Did he say, no, he went and spent it all because his character had not developed yet. And many times, one of, the, one of the reasons God is not giving you what you want right now is that your character is not caught up with his plan for you. <clears throat> and guys, that's what the father, God, knew exactly what he was doing. The son thought he was better than he actually was. The son thought his character was better than it actually was. And the father was teaching his son work ethic and wisdom and letting him mature so that when money came his way, he would be wise with it. He'd be able to enjoy it for the rest of his life. That was God's plan, but that wasn't the prodigal son's plan. He wanted to spend it as quickly as possible and crash and burn. Now, which one was better for the prodigal son? The father's plan or the prodigal son's plan? Which one was better? Absolutely, the father's. Remember, guys, Satan is always trying to get you to trade what you want most for what you can have now. Remember that. Now, one of the biggest temptations you'll ever face in life is to trade what you want most for what you can have right now. Satan understands how impulsive and impatient we are, and he will dangle that which is lesser constantly until you can have it now. As opposed to God, who says, I want what's best for you. Give me the first say in the decisions, and life is going to work out. Okay? And there are those of us out there who say, I hear it all the time, I want to be a husband or a wife or a father or a mother, and God hadn't sent the right one yet. Maybe the Lord is working on your character because the right one for you may be out there, but you're not the right one yet. 
You're not the right one for them. Ever think about that? Maybe you're too temperamental or too immature. Or, and, 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 and being in relationship with you right now would destroy that other person. God loves the other person way too much. to let that happen. <clears throat> or maybe the opposite. Maybe you are the right person. You're where you need to be, but they're not. Maybe they're too soon out of another relationship or, or, or they, they have issues that they have to deal with that had you, if you got together now that you would be destroyed. And God doesn't want that for you. But I see it all the time. People get impatient. They know that God wants them to be a, a father or a mother. And so they take the first person, available person that comes along. You know, it doesn't matter the person's not a believer in Christ can take you away from Christ. Satan spawn him or herself. Maybe not that bad. But I see it all the time, you all. Get impatient. And that's why we don't give God the first say in every decision. The second reason we don't is that deep down, we don't believe God's ways are best. We don't believe they're best. Right? See, the prodigal son didn't believe his father's ways were best. They weren't fun. They weren't exciting. They, you know, they weren't the party he wanted for himself. All right? We just don't necessarily believe that God's ways are best. They may be good for some other people, and maybe one of these days, but not right now. And, and I, I found myself telling God when I was a young man, if I do what you want, if I do what you say, God, I won't be where I want to be. I'll be where you want me to be, but I won't be where I want to be. I'll, I'll be in a place where I, I don't plan on being, God. It's not where I want to be. I have different goals for my life, God, than you do. You have different goals for me than I have for me. All right? You look at God and say, I want to be wealthy beyond imagine. I want to, do, I want to be free to do as I want. I want to be able to uh, live without facing the consequences of my actions. That's what I want. And God, you're not going to allow me to do that. See, Adam and Eve were told not to eat the fruit. God said, you have one rule, one. You can do anything you want. You got the whole world. You can do anything you want to do. But one rule, don't eat from that tree. That's it. Serpent deceived them into believing the same thing that I was saying to God. That God was holding out on them. That his ways weren't best. There's a better way. God doesn't want you to eat from this tree because he's holding out on you. God wants you to be here and you want to be over there. See, your goals for life are different than God's. So why, why would we give um, God the first say in our decisions if we don't believe his ways are best, right? So uh, that's the second reason. So I want to ask you, deep down in your heart, do you believe God's ways are best? I'm not talking up here, I'm talking here. If God tells you to do something, do you believe it's best for you? If you read something in scripture, do you believe that if you did that, things would go well for you? If you don't believe that, you will never give God the first say in every decision. See, I came around to that several years ago. I can't find anything in scripture, any command of God that if followed would ruin me. I can't find it. I've tried, I can't find it. And I realized that everything that God tells me to do, man, if I just do it, I stop creating problems for myself. His ways really are best. And I hope that you come to that conclusion 
at a much younger age than I did. All right? But the third reason that, that we don't put God first, you know, we, don't, we don't give God the first say in every decision, is that we don't have faith. We don't have faith. See, in order for God to give us first say in every decision, I mean, for us to give God the first say in every decision, we have to have faith that he is that, that who he is, and he blesses those that follow him, but blesses people that are obedient to him. See, I, I, I have this really toxic relationship with this, with obedience to God, and I know you do too. See, in Scripture, blessings follow obedience. In other words, God says, do this, people do it, and God blesses them. Okay, but that's not the way I want it to be. What I want, and a lot of what you want, is you want God to bless you, and if he blesses you, then you'll follow him. So you gotta, I, gotta, I gotta see the money up front. I gotta see the money up front. I, I, I gotta see the blessing up front before I do this. And God says, tiny human. Tiny, loved, little human. I don't play that game. You do what I tell you to do, and then <clears throat> I bless. I'm holding the cards here. You want the blessing? You do what I tell you to do. But we don't have that kind of faith. We don't really have that kind of faith that if we do what God tells us to do, that there's blessing on the other side of it. That's, that's the third reason we don't. Okay, so how do we put God first in every decision? Because if we are going to be faithful to God, and, and that, that's actually my prayer, you guys, my prayer for this church in 2022, excuse me, is that the people in this church would simply become more faithful. That's it. I, 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 have, I have been praying that since January 1st, that every person in this church online that calls Catalyst Christian Church home would simply become more faithful to God. That you guys wouldn't quit when the going gets tough. That you would take your relationship with Jesus Christ of preeminently, preeminent importance in your life. That we would simply become more faithful. Faithfulness is a dying thing in America right now and even in the church. We are not faithful to God, not faithful to each other, not faithful to our churches. And so that has my, been my prayer every day since January 1st is that, Lord, let me pastor a church with people who are faithful to you. So if we're, gonna, if we're going to be faithful to God, first thing we do is we give him the first say in every decision. So how do we do it? Well, first of all, obviously, we go to the word of God. You want to be faithful to God? You want to give, faith, give God the first say in every decision? You go straight to the word of God. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. One of those, Psalm 119, by the way, read it. Read the whole thing. It's a long, long, long book in the, in, in the Bible. And it is a celebration of the word of God. It's awesome. But this is verse 9 through 11. How can a young person stay in the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that even 3,000 years ago when this was written, they were worried about their young people? It singles out young people. How can a young person Stay faithful to God. 
by living according to your word. I want to tell you guys, I pray for our young people. I really do. I'm, I'm a father. Um, two, of my, two of my children are adults now. One is still in high school. Man, I'm telling you, they're having to deal with stuff that we never imagined. And, and I, 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 they're having to make decisions at younger and younger ages they should never have to make that people my age and older weren't even on the table. They have access to more information via their phones and devices than 99% of humanity ever has, and they're 12 and 13 years old. I don't know about you, when you were 12 or 13 years old, I wasn't all that bright. And if all this stuff was coming to me, I wouldn't have known what to do. Probably at age 12 or 13, you know what I would, honestly, what I would have done, what I did when I was 12 or 13 years old, I went with the loudest voice. Not the best voice, not the right voice, the loudest voice. And what is the loudest voice in our children's ears right now? Is it the word of God? I pray it is, but I don't think it is. There are young people, even in this church, and they're the first generation in human history that are being told to decide what gender they are. That's huge right now. I received a, 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 a statement this morning from a person that said in Fayette County Schools, there's an official policy now that teachers, if, a, if a, a kindergartner or a first grader comes up and is questioning their gender, they're supposed to tell, they're supposed to encourage them to go seek out new, a new gender. That's in, the school, that's in Fayette County Schools right now. It's everywhere. And they're, be, they're being told to decide what gender they are. They're making decisions at younger and younger ages about this. They're being shouted at by Hollywood and Madison Avenue and social media and pop stars. I pray, young people in this church, teenagers in this church, parents in this church, I pray this, that you instead would go to the word of God first about this question that every one of our children is facing right now. Go to the word of God first because, listen, I pray that you do exactly what this verse says, that you live according to his commands. You will hide the word of God in your heart and you will not sin against God because young people, it specifically says that God made them male and female in the word of God. That's what it says in the word of God. That's not what Hollywood is telling us. That's not what social media is telling us. It's not what pop stars are telling us. That's what the word of God is telling us. God made them male and female and that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God spent time on you. He created you. There are two billion specific instructions in your DNA written in the language of God himself about who you would be and who he designed you to be. And, and, and that is exactly what the word of God tells us that God made you, he didn't make any mistakes. He designed you exactly as you were supposed to be. That's what the word of God tells us. Stop listening to the voices that don't love you and start listening to the one who loves you more than anything on the planet. Why do we go to the word of God? This is why you're a Christian. You believe that God is infinitely valuable. He is our God, our Savior, our King. He alone sits on the throne of heaven. He loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine, you all. And he has demonstrated that time and time again. So my decisions need to shout the greatness of God to the world. That's it, right? I would love for this to be the standard. 
If you're, when you're making a decision, young people, old people, middle-aged people, when you're making a decision, does this decision I'm making shout to the world the greatness of God? Or does it minimize him down to nobody? Because most people, including Christians, don't operate on that level. Really don't. Uh, many of us, by admission, would say we simply ask, hey, what's wrong with it? Right? What's wrong with it? Um, I, you know, when, when faced with, well, should I listen to this or should I date this person? Well, what's wrong with it? That's a very, very basic level of understanding. I would rather you look at this movie or this piece of, 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 uh, of furniture or this person or whatever and say, if I, do, if I make this decision, will this shout to the world the glory of God? If I choose to date this person, will this shout to the world the greatness of God? Will our relationship shout to the world the greatness of God? If, 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 I, if I buy this, if I spend this money on this, will it shout to the world that I value God more than anything? See, that's what I would love. The second thing, after we go to the word of God, second thing, is we go to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Counsel of the Holy Spirit. All right, now, this is dangerous territory I'm about to step on, okay? Because there's a lot of wrong thought about the Holy Spirit, about who the Holy Spirit is, how he works, okay? All right. Well, the Holy Spirit is the part of God that is with you. Jesus is not in your heart. You do not ask Jesus into your heart. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. The Holy Spirit is the part of God that is within you. He is not the force. He is not uh, you know, a, a, an inanimate object. He is a person. He's a third person of the Trinity. He's living, breathing, and he is inside you. If you're a believer in Christ, <clears throat> if you have been baptized, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit within you, and he is counseling you. The Bible tells us he counsels, he convicts, he comforts. He is walking with us, speaking to us every day. That is what the Holy Spirit, that's who the Holy Spirit is. Okay? In Acts chapter 13, 2, we see this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So the Holy Spirit gives us things to do. And then three chapters later, in Acts 16, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the promise of Asia. So the Holy Spirit also tells us not to do things. He tells us to go. He tells us to stop. All right? So the Holy Spirit does those things. Okay? And it, and it always cracks me up when somebody comes out of church and boy, the whole, boy, God sure showed up. I'm like, well, has he been missing? You, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I know what they mean, but here's a news flash, you all. God was in a car with you on the way here. The Holy Spirit doesn't arrive at church like you do. You brought him with you. He was with you in the car, and he'll be with you when you go. And some of y'all are like, oh, man. Um, he actually saw me do that. Yes, he did. He was with you, okay? All right? So he's always there, and he's co always constantly leading us and guiding us. And, and like I said, in my life, it's taken two forms. One, he will remind me of scriptures. When I go to the Holy Spirit for, for help in a decision, he'll bring a scripture to mind. Uh, words of the Bible that I've studied and restudied and that are like a voice in my head when making a decision. He will bring scripture to life, to that specific situation. Every time I get a sermon together, I ask him, Lord, what, sir, what scripture, what, what do you want me to preach on? And scriptures just also, boom, boom, just start hitting my mind. 
Now, had I not studied the word of God, I wouldn't know those. So if you want a strong voice of the Holy Spirit, you must study the Bible because once you know the Bible, the Holy Spirit uses that to put that into your, in, into your mind. Um, the second, I mean, so like if someone wants me to co-sign on a loan for a car, <clears throat> I go to the Pro- book of Proverbs where it says, do not do that. Do not put up security for a neighbor. Putting God first, all right? So and we, we, use the, um, we, we use the Holy Spirit's guidance for questions that aren't clear in Scripture. See, there are th- certain things in Scripture that are very, very, very clear, okay? Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. I mean, those are black and white. But there are other things that aren't so clear, okay? Certain things that, um, if, if you were looking at buying a house, you go to the Word of God, it doesn't say Dave Kibler in 2022 should buy this house. It doesn't say that, okay? So <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, um, uh, the, the Holy Spirit uh, works with Scripture in the things that aren't clear in Scripture. Now, here's the thing. I want everyone to hear this. The Holy Spirit will never tell you something that goes against the Bible, Okay? Because I hear that all the time. I kid you, I cannot tell you how many people, and I'm going to speak to the women, it seems to be women more than men, that say, I just feel Holy Spirit wants me to date this person. And he's married. No, the Holy Spirit did not tell you to do that. Okay, that is contradictory to the word of God. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is Satan. Learn to discern the difference, okay? The Holy Spirit did not tell you to buy a house you can't afford. Holy Spirit did not tell you to take a job that causes you to compromise your beliefs. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is, it, the Holy Spirit never tells you anything that contradicts the Word of God, okay? See, there are certain things, like, like I said, in Scripture that are, that are clear and other things that aren't. The Holy Spirit will help will help clear up the things that are not as clear as you walk with him, all right? See, <clears throat> uh, these decisions about like whether to have children, whether to have more children, whether to send your kids to school, that's a big one. Should we public school? Should we homeschool? Should we private school? These are decisions that aren't clear in the word of God, okay? None of those decisions have a chapter and a verse you can look it up. You know, for me, um, I... I Dave Kibler in 2021, it doesn't say, I want him to have a maxima that is less than 20 years old. It does not say that, okay? So we know that ain't any good, but it should be, but it isn't. So we partner with the Holy Spirit through prayer and him bringing the word of God to our minds, okay? That is how we give God first say in every decision. Holy Spirit is not a gut feeling. It's not a sign, you know, you run over a nail in the in the in the street and pop a tire, that's not a sign of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the sign that somebody dropped a nail on the road, okay? The Holy Spirit is not that kind of thing. So let's just get rid of all that, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person who walks with you every day and every second of the day. The third thing, how we make godly decisions, how we put God first in every decision. First, we go to the word of God, no, no, no exception. Second, we listen to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. The third, is that we go to our community of believers, okay? Um, <clears throat> the, the, the decrease in belief that the church 
and Christian fellowship is important, is essential to the Christian life, has made us make some of the worst decisions we've ever made. Listen to how the church was set up in Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They did life together. You think they helped each other make decisions? You think that they, when, when big decisions came along, you think that they were the first person, people they went to? Absolutely. This was their family. And, and I'm telling you, you all, somebody has first say in your decisions. Somebody or something. And if you do not have a community of believers, you, like my 12-year-old self, may be listening just simply to the loudest voice in the room. Crime statistics show, I, I read this this week, that many crimes are committed by people who were invited into that crime by someone else. I wanna want ask, how many of you all uh, got in trouble when you were kids? Anybody get, get in trouble when you were kids? Like, okay, we, we have some people that did and other people that were perfect. Yeah, or, or lying, which is more likely. Okay, did you get in trouble all by yourself? Or did you get in trouble when you were with your buds? Absolutely. Two, my mom and I were talking about the time my next door neighbor and I, my best friend, a guy named Jason, <clears throat> decided to put tar all over the garage door. Now, would I have done that by myself? No. Would he have done that by himself? No. But when you put fire and gasoline together, you get the dumbest thing I've ever, I ever did as a kid. Okay? See, I'm telling you, if you aren't listening to a, to a community of Christian believers, you're listening to someone else. You really are. See, somebody handed the addict their first hit, y'all, didn't they? You all that are, recover, that are recovering in active recovery, somebody handed you that first hit. You know who it was. And if you look back on right now, if you had not been around that person, you'd not, you would not be where you are now. Somebody handed that. Somebody is getting first say in your decisions. And I'm gonna ask you all, when you have a big decision to make, whether it's a house or a car or timeshare or where to put your kids in school, whether to have kids, whether to get married, these big decisions, I pray that after the word of God and after the Holy Spirit, you go to your Christian friends and say, help me put God first in this decision. Help me, what do you think God would tell me? I'm gonna invite the band to come on back up. If you don't have a group of, of Christian friends, a Christian community, I'm gonna ask you to get into a community group today. Our community groups were on cruise control in 2020 and 2021 simply because the whole COVID thing. We're not doing that anymore. We have a goal of having 75% of our people in community groups, two time slots, Sunday morning and a community group, that's it. Never been in a community group? Well, you'll simply eat and you'll discuss the sermon, what you heard on Sunday morning. That's it. That's what you do. You can, and, and groups can have, have the freedom to do whatever they want. All right? But we want you in Christian fellowship. It is so essential. Had I surrounded myself with Christian friends when I was a kid, 
and a teenager, I would have just avoided so much hassle, so much heartache, so much energy, so much headache, so much everything, had I simply done things God's way. So today, Catalyst Christian Church, I love you all so much. I love being a pastor of this church. This church is awesome. I'm just gonna ask you, does God get first say in every decision? Does he? What, what, let's, let's stop minimizing. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We are all giving someone or something the first say in every decision we make. Why, I ask you, is it not God? Why? I'm telling you as a 47, almost to be 48-year-old man, that you cannot find a better way than God. What God says, if you do it, life works. I cannot tell you, if we were all honest, younger people, 20 and younger, haven't lived long enough to really make a mess of things. You think you have, but you haven't, okay? You really haven't. Us in our 40s and 50s, we've lived long enough, 30s, to really make a mess of things, haven't we? How many of us, if we were honest with ourselves, the most heartache, the most trouble, the most expensive things to us financially, emotionally, we did it because we didn't give God first say. How many of us can say that? Amen. Amen. And you 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 year olds, if you could shout one thing to the younger people in here and online, would it be do things God's way? Make decisions that give God first say because you will just, it'll just work out so much. How many of y'all would say that? That's like the one thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Young people in here, listen to what the older people have done. We've made a mess of things in our lives and we're paying for it. A lot of us are paying for it right now because we didn't do things God's way. We did, we we're the product of something, we got impatient. We didn't believe that God's ways were best ways. We didn't have faith. And we're counting on you all to not make our mistakes. Give God the first say in every decision and watch the path grow straight before you. Watch the hills level out. Watch the blessing that comes your way time and time and time again as you put God first and you do things his way. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to lift up especially the young people in here that have major decisions in front of them. I want to pray, Lord, that you would make them wiser than the generations that went before them. And I pray, Lord, that uh, for all of us this year, that we would simply be more faithful and that we would put you first in everything. That we give you the first say in every decision we make. And Lord, I pray that as we do that, that you'd be faithful and provide amazing blessings for all of us. Do what you want to, Lord. You are God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.